Blog Talk Radio. Another day, another chance. Welcome back to Riding the Wave. I'm your host, Mark Healy, the managing editor of The Wave newspaper, Rockaway's newspaper since 1893. Uh, had a fun uh, conversation today. Uh, we, uh, we had Dennis Walcott, who was the president and CEO of Queens Library. He came to The Wave today to talk about the upcoming 31-hour marathon that the Peninsula branch of the Queens Library will be hosting on August 26th and 27th. It was a great conversation. Very interesting guy. Certainly uh, many uh, will remember he was um, school's chancellor for uh, Mayor Bloomberg. Uh, certainly brought a lot of that experience uh, to, this, uh, to this position, which he was named uh, as the CEO and president of Queens Library about a year and some months ago by Queensboro President Melinda Katz. So certainly uh, a lot of things we talked about, including the 31-hour marathon. That sound like, sounds like it's going to be a great event. Uh, you can hear um, Mr. Walcott talk about that and uh, other ways that Queens Library is evolving and adapting to technology as well as the needs of the various community uh, and communities that the library serves. Uh, and without further ado, uh, here's uh, Mr. Walcott. Okay, we're talking with Queens Library President Dennis Walcott. Uh, Mr. Walcott, welcome to the program. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I, I think that when people first recognize your name, obviously they recognize uh, the work that you did as the Chancellor for New York City Schools. Um, talk a little bit about the difference between that job and this job. Well, you know, it's interesting. I'd rather talk about similarities than we can talk about differences. I think the similarities are that they both serve the public. And to me, my whole life has been about serving the public and finding different types of ways to do that. I think with this job, the difference is it's on a smaller scale, but it's still larger than people realize. Uh, depending on which variable you're measuring, the Queen's library system is probably the fifth largest library system in the country. We probably have the highest volume library in the country, and that's Flushing. Uh, and Central Library and Elmhurst Library are right behind that. And so we have a lot of customers uh, with the school system, obviously a ton more employees, a huge budget, uh, roughly $28 billion. Uh, but again, with our jobs here at the library, we're providing needed services to our customers who come in on a regular basis. We average 11 million people who come through our doors on an annual basis. When I first moved from Brooklyn to Queens in my sophomore year of high school, uh, my refuge 
was my sanctuary was Queens Library. Which one? Uh, Northern Boulevard, and then the one the, oh, branch, the one on Northern. I was just there yesterday. That one. Bayside. There was also another branch on Horace Harding. Uh-huh. Service Road, yeah, uh-huh. I used to go to that one all the time. That's Fresh Meadows. Yeah, Fresh Meadows. You're That's, testing me. That's I was, you just no, no, no. I, I, I actually have a yeah. senior moment. I yeah. forgot. But uh, it certainly was a place that was a refuge for me. So uh, I'm kind of, uh, you know, psyched to have you on the program because of that. You know, it, my connection to the library and always going there and always being a part of it. I'll give you an intro. So it's great. Uh, I mean, it really happens to be true that every resident in Queens lives within a mile of a Queens library. I mean, that's an amazing factoid when you really think about it. It basically lives within a mile, maybe some deviation of a mile, two-tenths or something along that line. Uh, but when you talk about Northern Boulevard, automatically I thought of uh, the Bayside Library, when you talk about Horace Harding, uh, you're talking about Fresh um, Meadows out here in the Rockaways. We have uh, Broad Channel. We have Far Rockaway, we have Arburn, we have Peninsula, and then we have Seaside. And again, it's to serve the variety of different customers that we have. So I think to me, that's the exciting part about this job is how we build out and making sure that we have both uh, books and material and programs to meet the needs of our customers. I know, um, I remember uh, when Peninsula came back, Peninsula Branch uh, came back. Uh, that was a big deal to people in this neighborhood, and they, they had gotten a big kick out of the fact that uh, there was a, at least something mobile that people could you know access. But I remember so many people, when's Peninsula coming back? When's Peninsula coming back? So this event on August 26th, this 31-hour marathon uh, that's going to happen there, uh, let's talk a little bit about that event and sure. I guess what, the, what, the, um, what was the motivation for it. So part of our goal at the library is how do we go beyond our walls? How do we do things differently at the same time maintain our core services? And so we were brainstorming different ideas. We established a program called Digital Q, uh, which is where we have linked with two hospitals so far, and we have uh, roughly 200 titles of different publications where people now are able to access that. Uh, at these two hospitals in Queens uh, to uh, get online through their personal device and uh, whether it's patients or people visiting or staff able to do that. It's going beyond our walls. And in taking a look at providing services, we talked about why don't we try to expand services beyond our normal hours. And so uh, the first one was held at the Corona Library where we had 31-hour marathons. And the reason 31 hours, people say, well, why 31 hours is such an unusual thing? When you really add up the time from when we open to when we close that next day, it actually happens to be 31 hours. So it's not just a 24-hour marathon. And so Corona proved to be extremely successful. And I said, well, who do you want to do it next? And I said, what about the Rockaways? And so we analyzed uh, some of the data and material uh, that we have. We said, well, let's do it at Peninsula. Uh, one of the reasons that you mentioned, Peninsula, uh, as a result of Sandy, became an anchor in the community, and people were looking forward to coming back. Uh, strategically, it was like well, in the center of the Broad Channel, Auburn, Far Rock, and Seaside, you know, obviously right. a little bit off one way or the other. And then it's so close to the boardwalk as well. So let's do it 31 hours there. And then we said, well, why don't we try at the end of August and have it 
incorporate beach time and make it a lot of fun and some serious type of activities as well. And that's how we evolved to select both Peninsula but also um, making sure that he did a little bit differently than Corona. Corona was Friday and Saturday. Uh, here we want to be respectful to the Orthodox community as well and making sure that if they wanted to take advantage of this that they're not denied as a result of observing. And so we said we're going to do it Saturday and Sunday. So this will be very unique in having the library open on Sunday as well. So we're very proud about that. And we've talked to uh, a variety of different people and organizations about providing services. And that's what this is all about. You know, one of the one of the transitions I've made as a reader, okay, I always used to be books, 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 love books, always preferred hardcovers to paperbacks. Uh, part of that was... Uh, you know, my, my vision was very poor for a very large uh, part of my life. Mm -hmm. uh, so I always preferred, you know, the hardcover. Mm -hmm. and plus, I love the feel of it. I love the smell of it. And I'm an old school guy. But I have to say uh, that when the Nook came out, uh, you know, and, and the e-books, I didn't get on board the Amazon uh, reader uh, right away when it came out. But when the Nook came out, there was something... I don't know what, what, what the difference was for me, but I got hooked. Hooked on it. And so, yeah, I did. And uh, sadly, they, they bungled uh, the Nook, Barnes and Noble did. But I do uh, find myself, uh, I balance it out. I do both. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel the readership has gotten? Uh, I know there's been a movement now for people are shelving. I, guess, I think the term is called mm -hmm. where they're uh, going back to the, the, the hardcovers and having the books. Um, what is what is since you've been president? Sure. Uh, how has that kind of changed? Is it, is it still changing? Is it evolving? Well, it's interesting in that uh, one factor. I think I've been the president now for roughly a year and four or five months, and I don't have an office, so my desk is on the main floor of the library in Jamaica Queens, and so I really get a sense of the biorhythms of the library and what people are doing, where they go. So when we open at 9, if I don't have a meeting or I'm out of the office, I always try to greet our customers at the door at 9 a.m. and along with our chief librarian, and we take turns over both there. And they go to three, maybe four basic areas in Jamaica. One is to our Job Business Academy, which provides help to people who are looking for jobs, resume development, counseling, different types of services. Uh, one to our cyber center, where most of our libraries have computer access and people want to take advantage of that. And then they go to the shelves, and they will take out the book, they'll look for books, they'll sit down and read, or they're doing projects at the desk itself, or they're online trying to find out where to go. And then opposite my desk, the reserve section where people will reserve books as well. And so people will go there to look for their reserve books. So I say that in the context of your question in that I get a sense of people still love the hardcovers or the books themselves and talking to the librarians and librarians are providing the answer. But there is also demand for e-books as well. Uh, we were talking about before the show started, e-books way more expensive and then we don't necessarily own the books. And so, That's great to clarify that because yeah. I don't think people get that. You right. know, right. I know I didn't when I first started. I'm like, what is the problem? Yeah, we don't <laughs> own the book, so it's more expensive, and we don't own it. Whereas right. with a hard copy, we own the book. We buy the book and 
people think we get the books for free, but no, we have a collections budget that really right. provides the budget for purchasing of not just books, but materials as well. And with ebooks, that comes out of the collections budget as well. And so we have to balance that. And so my goal is to increase the number of ebooks we have available for our customers, as well as increase the number of bestsellers and new books so people have a higher level of books to choose from as well. But I still think we're very rich and diverse in the book offerings. But I definitely see and feel uh, the book. Uh, I was joking around before, Tuesday is New Book Day. And so at just about all of our libraries, they have some form of new books. August is a slow month. It'll pick up again in uh, September. But I also do that. I go around and I look for which new books come out. I try to match it up to the bestseller list, see what I'm interested in. I flip back and forth to fiction, nonfiction. And I find it fascinating, but I've never really been an ebook person. And the only time if I do do an ebook is if we're going to travel and I want to carry around a lot of books, so I'll access it that way. But other than that, I got two books at home uh, right now, uh, and as a matter of fact, I got a return run tomorrow, so I'm not late. And then I'm going to jump into another one. So yeah, what I get a kick out of is uh, my oldest daughter. Uh, all my kids read; they they all love to read. And uh, my wife is a reading teacher, mm -hmm. uh, so uh, you know we all read. You know we we love to read, so we're always. Uh, and now my daughter uh, is going to be starting New Paul's in the fall. Oh, really? That's she, when my wife graduated. Oh, really? Yeah. Great. Um, she's also going into early education. So mm -hmm. the, the reading thing is just such a great piece mm -hmm. of what she's going towards. And, um, you know, she had asked me, you know, because my, my kids don't ask me what books to read. You know, they kind of just find their Evolved own. to their own books. Exactly. Oh. But my, my daughter was looking for something. And, you know, one of my favorite books of all time is The Talisman. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Stephen King, mm -hmm. Peter Strauss. So, Stephen King, uh, not mine. And she, <laughs> not my world. Not my but world. she, she um, didn't want to read it, and she reads, you know, plenty of stuff, right. uh, uh, you know, on the on the uh, as ebooks. But she really wanted to, you know, get it. So we, you know, we went to the library. I got it out for her, and um, I just get a kick out of seeing, like, my kids. Just really get into it. Yeah. Then, yeah, well, you know, it's interesting in that we have the teen library. Uh, Far Rockaway has its own separate teen library. Um, and just watching the children and the teenagers go into the libraries for reading, interaction. We have an after-school program called our SACS program. Uh, not at all of our libraries, but uh, to deal with after-school services. And the beauty of libraries is that you can make it portable. So we have a mobile library as well. And the mobile library, which will be part of the 31-hour uh, marathon out here at Peninsula, uh, has uh, first-rate books uh, and also material on it. And people take advantage of that. And we go around to various community events. Uh, part of what we'll be doing out here on the 26th and the 27th will be pop-up libraries as well. And so we'll be going to the boardwalk with pop-up libraries or set up stands with books to bring it again to the people. Uh, we'll have uh, story time and special reading. When we were at Corona, one of the cuter things that we did was we had a, um, a faux uh, bonfire. Uh, and so we had children who had real marshmallows on sticks around a phony bonfire. And they were toasting, and I put it in quotes, 
um, the marshmallow. And that was just cute. And we had story time around the bonfire in the evening. Um, we had uh, family movies, so we'll be having movies again uh, at Peninsula. And then I was at Corona, and I'll be out here at Peninsula participating in a variety of different activities. And one of those activities is sunrise yoga. Uh, and even though I'm not an expert at yoga, uh, just be able to do that, and especially out here, I mean, we're hoping for a great day, and to be able to be on the boardwalk and having yoga and the beach and all, it's a great experience. So we're going to be doing a variety of different things uh, to really respond to our customers. On top of that, we're going to have a serious workshop around legal assistance and having experts give legal advice to individuals who have questions around variety of topics, housing, mainly immigration status. And so we try to blend the fun of being out at the Rockaways along with normal serious issues. We're going to have NYPD do story time. Great. Uh, since the library, as you well know, is right, uh, across, right across the street, the street right? from uh, the police station. And uh, just having that connection, and we believe that, and that strongly, of the police and the community, community police working together. So a lot of great stuff will be taking place. I, I think it's, it's uh, you know, Deputy Inspector uh, Janice Holmes, who was the commander of the 100th Precinct, is fantastic. Right. And, um, you know, but even before her, uh, you know, the 100th Precinct, you know, the, the community affairs officers uh, that we deal with on a regular basis, uh, they really are, and the NCOs, they really are doing a great job of, of trying to, uh, you know, make that connection right. uh, with the community. Uh, and I think we were we were one of the one of the first four precincts uh, to get the pilot program, so really? it was really wow. well in place uh, before it went, you know, uh, citywide. Um, and we've been working closely with PD around that as well. So yeah. we both used a number of our libraries as uh, training spots for the officers when they were first ramping up, and then meeting with the community as well. And then our managers have been meeting with their counterparts within their particular area. And so it's been a nice relationship and partnership between uh, the NYPD and our libraries. Uh, Councilman uh, Jimmy Van Bramer is, yep. you know, uh, I guess he's the head of the library committee or I don't know Council exactly what. Yeah. Right. Uh, I know he's a, an enthusiastic, um, you know, Advocate of all really, he really is. Thank you for finishing my. No, time. that's okay. That's what you said. It's a no, I appreciate yeah. it. I yeah, yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Um, Anna has to do that. My assistant editor Anna has to do that all the time. Finish my sentences. Um, the uh, having an advocate like that uh, in city government uh, has to be incredibly helpful to you, especially since you know the kind of obstacles that can be put in your way. Mm -hmm. Having having that experience of working uh, in city government. Um, how important has he been to, you know, you since you took over, as you said, about a year and some months ago? He's been outstanding. I mean, when we're doing our advocacy work, uh, we obviously stop by a variety of different offices, but with the council member, he has been a strong proponent of our library, both from uh, the advocacy, being a part of the meetings and discussions and the press conferences, along with his funding as well. Uh, the borough president has been extremely important and a strong advocate on our libraries. And she follows. And we've been very lucky and blessed in Queens. And I don't know if a lot of people realize that uh, as far as uh, first with Claire Schulman and then with Helen Marshall and now with borough president Katz, and that we've had three very strong borough presidents when it comes to the relationship 
for the library and our individual council members. Each of them and elected officials have been very good to support us around funding and advocacy. So Jimmy Van Bramer has been outstanding. Uh, the borough president uh, has been truly great. And all of our local elected officials, um, assuming does Donovan cover Peninsula Donovan? Donovan's on Rocky. one hand on on the eastern end, and, and, then, right. and then Eric is Eric, Eric Ulrich yeah. is is on the uh, and when you talk about end. two different councilmen at two different ends, uh, they both are very similar as far as their support. Donovan with all the libraries has been tremendous. Eric and I and our teams have met a number of times around libraries that have been and are in his district and the state legislature. So in Queens, our elected officials have been very supportive both with their time and attention but also their dollar resources as well. You know, and, and in my experience dealing with, you know, uh, whether it's front office people in baseball or other sports or dealing with elected officials, that there is a difference. They actually, uh, you know, as much as we want our elected officials to be more accountable, when I try to tell people, well, look, if you don't think they're accountable, try working in a sport mm -hmm. where there's a league mm -hmm. and people who are supposed to be accountable to their mm -hmm. fans. Mm -hmm. I said it's a completely different uh, type of experience, but you still strive for that same kind of accountability, that same kind of transparency. Uh, obviously, you took over uh, when... Queens Library was going through some, you know, really difficult challenges, uh, and you mentioned um, Queensboro President Melinda Katz, who's also a big fan of Rockaway and a very big advocate for Rockaway. She's very popular here. Um, let's talk a little bit more about um, how you came to how you came to be the president of, of the library and how important it has been for uh, having Melinda as a partner. So, how I became president, I had an assignment. Um, prior to this job where I was a special monitor for the state in a very troubled school district up in Rockland County, the East Ramapo School District. And it was a great assignment. It was challenging, a lot of issues, and I enjoy those types of challenges and issues. And one day I got a call from a search firm uh, asking me if I was interested in applying for a particular job, not necessarily this job. And I said, no, and I met with a person who was the head of the search firm, uh, well, head of this particular job search, I should say. And so I said, no, that particular job that they were asking about, I'm not really interested. But the East Ramapo job whet my appetite for a full-time job again. And so then as I was getting up and saying thank you, the woman who was heading the search said, well, might you be interested in uh, competing for the uh, president CEO job of Queens Library. I said, you know, I might be. And that's how it started. And I went through the interview process and met with the search committee and then the full board. And I was very lucky in being selected. And it has been a great relationship and challenges and issues and advancing what we're doing and working with a team, having outstanding people who are part of all the staff who are at our libraries as well as administration. And it's been a great job, and it's the type of job, like I indicated in the beginning, uh, that I enjoy, it's public service. And then getting around to the various libraries uh, gives me an opportunity to be able to interact with customers as well as our staff. Uh, Rockland County is close to my heart. That was uh, my first full-time job in, in journalism was Where? at WRKL. Oh, okay. I was the last uh, evening news director there oh. before they uh, got sold, uh, and now they're a Polish broadcasting wow. uh, station. 
And I remember, like, you know, I remember when I found out, I thought it was a joke. They're like, oh, what are you going to do when, uh, you know, you don't speak Polish, do you? And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's <laughs> like, oh, you, the safe station was sold. I had been there for a year. Wow. And I thought I was going to be there for a long time. Uh, so it's funny that you mentioned Rockland County because, like I said, it's close to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, August 26th, obviously, is the big event. Uh, it is the uh, 31-hour uh, you know, marathon, a big, a big event with a lot of different uh, things that are scheduled for, the, for families, for kids, for people who love to use the library. Uh, I believe the day starts at 9 a.m. with the mobile hours. Yep, the mobile library will open up at 9 a.m. and then we have community breakfast at 10 o'clock and then we go into a variety of different programs. We have a balloon twisting show, pop-up library on the boardwalk as well. Uh, we have uh, reading that will take place, story time with NYPD, uh, a paint out with the Rockaway uh, Beach Civic Association. Uh, we'll be doing STEM type of activities with children. Uh, we're going to have a karaoke dance party, board game. So you got a lot of stuff going on. And reality is, it's important to share with the audience that there will be activities taking place in the early morning hours. So we have another bonfire and scary time, uh, scary story time from 12.30 to 2 a.m. And we have uh, sunrise yoga, as I mentioned before. So we're going to have a lot of things at different points in time, and then we're going to have some serious uh, workshops as well. Well, I know that I know the community is looking forward to it. I'm looking and, forward uh, to it. I, that's great, and yeah. uh, I want to thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a ball. I look forward to it.